And now, it's time for the show, This Old Dungeon. Good evening, Dungeoneers. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Lou Alu. Uh, with me tonight are... Hey, this is Edwin. I'm ex- <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, our, our normal kidding. host. Edit that. Our normal and host. Lou. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, everybody. Bill. This is Edwin. Happy to be here. It's Bill. I'm here. And who else? <laughs> and then uh, we from uh, Silver... Now, I, I got to double check this. It's Boulay, right? The, the oh, way yeah. that uh, Cask uh, would, would pronounce it. Way, Silver Boulay Publishing. The gods intended it. <laughs> uh, Ian McCarty. How are you doing, Ian? Not too bad. Thanks for having me on, guys. Oh, it's it's our pleasure. I, I think I had mentioned uh, on Facebook to you that, you know, there's been many times I've thought about, like, man, it'd be nice to get those guys on here. Uh, and uh, I just was always like, well, you know, we're, we're just such a podunk little uh, podcast that I, I never felt like it was you know, something to do yet, you know, so uh, it was great when you said, hey, we, we got a Kickstarter coming and, you know, you sure you'd like to come on and uh, that was just awesome news. So. And R- Rocky would be here, but he's he's at the Detroit uh, Miami game right now. And <laughs> oh. apparently he's jinxed Miami because the D- Detroit was winning last Yeah, I'm watching it right now. It's 27 Lions, 24 Miami, but no safe is lead with the, you know, no lead is safe with Detroit. And they're, they're, they're already looking like they're just folding like a house of cards. So, well, yeah. Strong. Well, that's it's what you're always doing during this podcast. Me. I wondered about that. If you're going to do a podcast, it's Sunday between one and four. I'm probably watching the Lions tearing my hair out. Yeah, I got a brother-in-law in Detroit. In and man, it's it's a thing, man. It's in you people's blood up there. It you is. Gotta, you got to watch the Lions. It is. Good. Thanksgiving Day's coming. It's my favorite holiday of the year. Absolutely favorite, man. Get turkey and we get to watch Lions and then we get to watch real football for the next like eight hours. After that game. <laughs> so, uh, Ian, we always start off by asking a few questions and, and you've probably been asked this a million times, but I just I feel like the listeners want to hear it. How'd you get into gaming? Uh, how did I, so I had a cousin dump a milk crate full of uh, first edition and and uh basic stuff on us just one summer when i was about nine it was just he's like i'm going off to college you want this and you're like oh yeah and he like played with us once showed us kind of how it ran like left all sorts of great goodies in there like there were campaign notes from a campaign someone had run which when you're starting was like oh like this is kind of a skeleton of what i gotta do um but like a lot of really great stuff a bunch of the x series modules like oh yeah like first edition AD and D books. It's, it was, and it was off from there. Like, d- dig games ever since. <laughs> so, were you the the game master once your cousin left, or? Uh, so it was my brother and I played, and we'd have like other groups as we found them. Um, we we kind of trade off depending on what it does. My brother, it, I think. Tegar posted something about this, like, oh, that heavy people hex crawl. But I think that's all my brother ever did was just move you along a hex map and be like, all right, roll a random encounter. All right, roll a <laughs> random encounter. So, that, so I was like, oh, I guess we're we're hex crawling. Uh, and he was classically always just made Conan. That was always his character. Just a pale comparison to Conan. Like, oh, all right. But, but that was great. It was a lot of fun. So and it, I never stopped after that. Well, let's hope your cousin doesn't go checking out things on eBay because he can want all his stuff back. 
Yes. Um, moving on. <laughs> it was in poor condition, okay? Remember when? <laughs> uh, so, okay, you, you and your brother are playing, you're running games. Um, take us down the road a few you know, years, uh, you know, is it D and D all the time? You switch systems, you, you stay in it, you drop out for a while. Uh, so I, I dropped out for a little while. I didn't have time to game like in graduate school and, uh, some of that stuff. So I had like a, maybe like a four year hiatus and then was sort of bored again. And I took to like drafting magic occasionally, which I, th- I think bugged magic players. Cause I didn't collect cards. So it's a classic they'd be like what do you want for those cards you want to be like i don't know like a pizza or stuff like that uh, which I, I just don't think we were on this like we didn't sync up that way because i had no desire to like i just had cards in like a shoe box essentially but um from there like i kind of hooked up with uh, my a game group that i gamed together with in college so guys that i played with for a long time um, and I still game with them Friday nights. We've kind of expanded Sweet. and contracted the group over the years. Um, but I'll I'll play any system. I love sci-fi. I love uh, any of the post-apocalyptic stuff. Um, I've, I've always kind of dumped a lot of science in my fantasy. So, but but I literally will play any system at least once, like uh, just to see it. I I, I really enjoy design mechanics uh, and, and kind of looking at them, seeing how they they work seeing what's broken and what works from there to publishing how do how do you take those steps how do you take this uh so rocky and i had met at gen con uh rocky's in michigan um and we kind of hit it Woo-hoo! off right right away and <laughs> became pretty close friends pretty rapidly um and i've you know known him for over a, a decade now you know it's been a, a long time um and he has kind of has and had this this dream of this mega dungeon that he's been kind of chipping away at. He has a lot of stuff handwritten and notes and maps that he just wants to publish and, and create. Uh, and I was like, and he's like, oh, I know I'll never do this. I was like, oh, we could do that. Um, and I we kind of just started setting small goals and uh, refining our skills so that at one day we will be able to push out a really large expansive mega dungeon that that he's kind of had a dream about um and for me it was an opportunity to you know just be creative right um but a lot of our skills have come for that like i i guess i'm an okay mapper now i've i don't know you got some skills <laughs> okay, man. Cartographer. No, you yourself apparently yeah. i, I, you I don't know if i can for cartographer <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, i guess i've been paid for it so i'm a, I'm a professional maybe <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so that was just practice, right? Like I just decided we're like, oh, we got to learn to do this. And we didn't have the cash to be, you know, spending $2,000 on a map for some of our first books that we were doing um, as as easily as we can. But um, I'd like to say that like our, we, we've never lost money on anything we've published, which nice. I know a lot of RPG producers <laughs> can't say. Um, yeah. Uh, even companies, you know, full on, yeah. you know, full fledged, you know, do it for a living. Companies can't say that. Yeah. Well, it's if people don't realize how easy it is when you're like chatting with like, I could buy art all day. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you can just have an endless pile of money just ordering the art people you know and have these wonderful artists doing exactly what you want but pulling out pictures that are exactly what you pictured um so that's it's easy to fall into that sort of rabbit hole and and dig yourself a big hole or or, or make 
uh, goofy, goofy mistakes in regards to just, you know, ordering books or not understanding some of the lingo and details of, of printing, which Edwin and and I think all of us here yeah. know. No. <laughs> or be a book publisher during COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It seems like there's there's people in both camps on that, doesn't it? I mean, I've talked to some people and they say COVID years were the best they ever did. And I've talked to people, they, oh man, nothing was selling, you know, couldn't get to conventions uh, I, to get product out. We sold a ton during COVID, but as COVID sort of came to an end here, right? But then we started running into all the supply issues, right? So, oh, um, that. so yeah. when we're running into uh, printing 300 page hardcover books, which used to cost 12 bucks a book to print, now costs 28, you know, that's, that's, I think more, I think Ian, I don't want to put words in your mouth, I think that's probably where you're coming from. It's, it's uh, it's just bizarre things that that you have no control over, zero control. Yeah, yeah. You can shop, shop, shop it all you want. It doesn't matter. That the costs are the cost right now, and that's a post-COVID publishing world is a lot different than a pre pre or even during publishing COVID world. Yeah, we we told, sold a ton of shit during COVID because everyone was staying home gaming, right? So, um, and I think people don't always realize, like looking at a convention or you're looking at these people who are guests, and you're like, there's some pretty slim margins. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's, it's, it's not like you're not, uh, w w when your printing cost doubles, that, that means you might suddenly not be in the black anymore. Yeah, it can easily happen. Right. Absolutely. And the margins, like, like I said, see people <laughs> run a $60,000 Kickstarter and people get all excited while well, they did $60,000. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pull in the reins a little bit, because believe me, at the end of the day, when you're done, you're not going to be, yeah, we might have, we might have broke even. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, Kickstarter <laughs> takes their cut. The tag yep. man wants their cut. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Everything. Uh, but no, you guys have been really successful. I mean, you've had some great projects and I still think my, one of my favorite ones you guys did was a creeping cold, right? It's, like, it's just a yeah. great little project. I love it. So made me a the, big fan. The murder, the murder mystery. I, li I like that one. It was, you know, it's like a cross between the hateful eight and uh, John Carpenter's the thing. Mm -hmm. so I, was, I was like, Oh, this is, just fun. I think that's that one takes a good DM to, to run though. You got to be willing to do the role playing and she gets challenging, right? It's sometimes it's fun to it's fun to be challenged as a DM sometimes, right? You you want to be uh you got to put yourself up against it too. So and that's it's that's I think it's why I like it. I mean it's just, it's just a fun module all the way around too. I think. Um, remember we had this conversation when we get to the the main event with Castle Amber here. Oh, we won't forget. <laughs> it's fun to be challenged as a DM. <laughs> Yeah, I'll just read the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, Rocky's got this. I, I, I assume you're saying he's already started, you know, building this uh, this mega dungeon as the uh, resident uh, cartographer. Uh, does that scare you any? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I don't think so. I, I think. I, I think it'll it'll work out. He's kind of focusing it on um like like key features right now so so some of the things that I'm, i've already like have some generations of maps for okay. are are like um like a plaza or something that he's like already built and he's like all right well let's start mapping this uh the thing that scares me is when he starts trying to link those together it's going to be a, a madhouse i think so we'll see <laughs> we'll see what happens there well I, i'm excited about it i mean i, I don't particularly I'm not what you would call a giant fan of mega dungeons, but I am a fan of reading them and seeing how they got put together and how people do things a little bit differently. Cause everybody does. And that's, it's, it's fascinating to me as a, I guess is the construction end of, of how you did it. Yeah. Um, 
as opposed to what's in it. Although, I mean, obviously we all love to find cool things and adventures, but I just like the way to see people put them together. So, cause they are not definitely all not the same for sure. So. Yeah. And I think like for a lot of people, or at least for me, a book like that is like, I, Oh, I could steal 12 things from this for my home campaign mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, squeeze them into something yeah. or add this to my, like, Oh, I like this one piece of this level. I could, right, I could run this one piece at a con or yeah. in my home game or wherever it is. And let's go have fun with it. Absolutely. Awesome. Definitely so what's, uh, we got to talk what you're doing next. So you've got, well, you've got hold, it. Hold on. Before we get Come to on, the current bro. one, I, 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 just one more thing. Just one more thing. It's Columbo time. Oh, we talked about uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, I got to know about Fantastic Geographic because I, uh, you know, there's multiple times I've run by your guys' booth and um, you've got, is it, is it two issues you guys have out right now? Yeah. So we, we just actually finished fulfilling our um, second issue, except for you, Gary Oliver, fill out your survey. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, text him right now for you if you want. <laughs> I almost did, but I was like, I won't bug him. <laughs> but yeah, we've actually sold out of our first print of the first issue at Game Hole, so we have nice. no more of that. So, um, I think eventually we'll look at a, a second print of that and, um, and a, and a third issue. Our goal is kind of quarterly, but COVID printing everything is just kind of made things a little a little slower um but but we do have a third issue that's mostly done we just haven't kickstarted or chased art or finished up the last few things cool are you happy lou no no it? we got more so and if i guess i didn't describe <laughs> so, uh, what it is so it's yeah it's, i was gonna say for the for the it's listeners because i yeah, it's kind of a, a mod podge, an oleo, an oleo, like a, a bunch of different stuff. So um, it, it, it's kind of like Rocky and I's opportunity. Like for me, I've got a lot of random adventures written. So we have like, there's been uh, an urban 5e adventure in each one that lets you interact. And and um, and it's not as violent because it's in a city and um, you can't just stab people in a city or you'll go to jail. Uh, so, so that, says that's, you, my players would have a different take on that. Well, oh, there's, <laughs> but we, we've clearly established uh, how quickly they die then. And that, and that yeah. one, when the guards started appearing <laughs> in, in number. Um, so those are more fun. They're, they're, those are a little bit more thinking adventures. Like you can try to puzzle out how to pull off a heist or how to like stop a courier or uh, how to uh, rough up a gang and drive them out of a business. Um, and that one's sort of like low level gang activity that you're getting roped into uh, between two fighting gangs in there. Uh, so we've got that one. We've had a dragon in each one. So there's different dragons. The last one had... So issue two has sci-fi fantasy mix. So there's a version of a dragon that's a fantasy version. And then there's also a sci-fi version. Uh, cool. So you can kind of look at the same thing and see how how we twisted it and, and made it a little bit different, but like unique things you can drop in. Um, we've got a, a lot of different different funny stuff in there. There's a, there's a post-apocalyptic crawl style adventure in the second one. Uh, so that's all I'll say about that. But uh, so and that's and, and some some things like that. So but it's a it's a nice mix of different articles, yeah. great art um, and they're fun. There's something and anybody can can use at their table and they're pretty quickly. Uh, lots of random charts, random trapped doors you might be able to use that kind of stuff. Well, I, I think what I'm going to say is I, I like to be serious for a second. What I like about those is it gives uh, for, it, it serves a couple of great purposes. One, you, you provide a a nice variety of role-playing stuff, which is always fun to look at. It also gives people an insight to what you guys are like. 
So it's kind of a reflection of a personality of your company, which is really cool for, for people to do. I wish more uh, RPG publishers would do that kind of thing, you know, but a lot of them don't, you know, including us, we get away from that from time to time. So I think it's really cool that you do that. I think it, like I said, gives people a, they can pick one up and say, Oh, now I know what these guys are all about. Right. And it's uh, it's from that standpoint, it's really cool. Yeah. And I think the, so the second one has a Morkborg adventure too, which like I uh, have run a bunch of Morkborg and I wanted to put one in there, but I, I didn't think the, um, I think some of those uh, new systems that pop up kind of live really strongly for a year or two and then start to fade. Um, so that wasn't a concern I had to have with just putting an article, like a single adventure in there right. in, in a, a, that kind of zine. All right. And now, <laughs> so you got a Kickstarter that's uh, that's coming up here and it's uh, it's in my favorite little playground, MCC, right? Yeah. So it's called uh, Fire in the Mole, M-O-H-L-E. Um, and it's a uh, Kickstarter that should be launching on November 8th. Should be it will be launching on November eighth, um, and it is in uh, Goodman Games authorized and approved Mutant Crawl Classics adventure uh, for higher levels, so three plus, um, and you can sort of ramp the difficulty depending on like the final uh, bosses you're you're meant to tangle with, but it's a fun sandbox that you could easily use as a headquarters or base, um, and there's the sort of the promise of an of a further adventure exploring some magma tubes. Um, that that will be coming eventually. Cool, nice. What's the premise? Uh, so the premise is that uh, that's a spoil of the whole thing, right? Right away. Oh, no, so, don't, you don't have no, 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 just just, just the first, just, like, uh, just yeah. the hook. Like, what's the hook? <laughs> yeah, like, what, what are the players doing? So uh, the players, the, uh, an an AI runs the facility, um, and his. Pretty much attempting to hire the player characters as exterminators for his mole problem. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the problem is that his uh, mole are uh, cybernetically enhanced uh, giant possums that explore <laughs> lava tubes with with all of the terror that that inspire uh, like brings on. So that's what mole as actually a farm stands boy, for. I can appreciate that. <laughs> <coughs> possums are terrifying. Yeah, I, 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 I hate possums. I've seen kill chickens and stuff and. <laughs> Uh, and people are like, no, they're so cute, cuddly. But like you've never seen one rip it like an animal from you know crotch to neck and just eat out the good stuff and leave a terrifying carcass in its way, because uh, that's what they do. That's what they do every day, all day. <laughs> nice. So when's it? Um, when's it? When's it going? In, November eighth. <laughs> yeah. So November eighth, we're running for three weeks. So we should end uh, right after your favorite holiday. Uh, yes. You'll be bored while everybody's Black Friday shopping, so you can get in your your last minute pledges to us. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's pretty straightforward. We have a couple stretch goals, which I think we'd added um, an additional sort of bonus adventure that you can add on to the end at our highest stretch tier. Um, some pre-generated characters and an art booklet as uh, our, our our stretch goals for that. So our booklet would just be some of the interior art spread up on, um, cause we got a lot of great Tim Burns art in there where he's done, like he's done like the AI room and it, it's, it's really, really great art that I love. I can, I can, perhaps I can share something with you if you want. See that's always nice because that way we can see it and our listeners can't and that's, we'll, we'll that's describe it it'll be like a, a video for the vlog <laughs> <laughs> just so, so, you know, so you're i won't show you anything just go ooh. 
Yeah, you're yeah, entering the that's dark. Amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Never seen anything like that. I, I, words cannot describe what I'm looking at, folks. But well, we've got some great interiors of him where he's done like some of the hallways or rooms. Um, and we've got a, a bunch of other great art in there too. We have uh, Chet Minton did um, first. He did uh, the creature, and we saw it, and we're like, "Oh, Chet, please do the cover for us!" Like it was that good. We just <laughs> fell in love with it. Um, and he really just knocked it out of the park with with the cover. He's so he's done. Sure. Yeah, and he's and he did. He goes, I have an idea. I don't know if you guys are okay with this. And we're like, we're listening. Um, so he designed the cover uh, with like the, the creature on the the front, uh, and then the door that you're the like the PCs are attempting to go through as the binding, um, and then like the PCs on the back cover. Uh, oh, cool. standing in front of there like trying to get into the door so it was it was it's <laughs> great it's just really that uh, we, we loved it and he's like chet consistently knocks it out of the park with everything he does is this eight and a half by 11 uh yeah so this will be classic module size nice i'm a big fan of wraparound art covers i mean i, I really uh, love them yeah it's 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 not um like one that we've chased real hard before our, our second issue of fantastic geographic uh had that on it but yeah. um they, they're fun <laughs> they're a lot fun. of fun we, and again it's more expensive people so just understand yeah, yeah. So basically yep. buying two covers because they're, they're not they're not they're not skimping all this all this costs a lot more money to do but it's yeah uh, you're that product yeah doubling your cover price when you're yep. sick exactly. of the on the back <laughs> as well so had you guys done anything for goodman yet um no uh we we haven't hadn't done anything uh officially for goodman i've i've written a bunch for um like jim wampler's scientific barbarian and um skeeter green has like his crypto codex and i've got uh, like a significant number of monsters in there and things like that in there so I've written professionally for the systems but i have this is our first like our project that is officially approved yeah, they're, they're so easy to work with. They're the nicest people on earth. Yeah, we've it was it's been pretty pretty easy to to work with them. That's that's for sure. All right, so fire in the mole on November eighth. That's definitely I'm I'm looking forward to it. In there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Coming quick. Yeah, it should hopefully go quick and, and get it out. But um, I, maybe I should mention too. We like. We're waiting on, I think, three pieces of art, and it's otherwise laid out and written and and done. Um, which this is our our most finished before our Kickstarter. That um, I think Rocky is going to be trying to slow me down from uh, being like, "Well, this is what our backers are." I think I'm going to start printing now, like a weekend. <laughs> but it might still happen. So, <laughs> uh, but before the Kickstarter is over, I will. Uh, almost undoubtedly be holding at least my print proof if not uh boxes of the finished printed module that's nice awesome. yeah, a lot of the a lot of the small publishers are, have gone to that model of like pretty much being done by the time they're kickstarting and i i just can't get there man it's just that's, uh you gotta be so i mean our, our rule of thumb is you have to at least be able to enter layout yeah um, and like waiting on art um that's that's where we're at where our manuscripts are done and they've gone either to editing or yeah. one because we had to do everything in two versions. We do it like that BX D and D style and then we do it in five E. So one or the other is going to be completely done. We might be sending one to conversion, but during yeah. Kickstarter typically, but it, yeah, I mean, it's, 
it's just a good business practice with Kickstarter. Right? Plus, you know, you want to be able to roll through and well, you, know, means you can, you're always you can thinking of the next your stuff right? too. Right. Yeah, you yeah absolutely. You have to spread looks like this is what the cover yeah. looks like. This is what and if right. you can't you do that. That's yeah. It's post updates yeah. as you go. Right. Post updates as you go along too, even during the Kickstarter itself. And you can show art that just came in and, and that kind of thing. It's, it's important. So, and we've kind of um, like, uh, so the map I did was fairly high resolution. Um, so we've kind of uh, chopped out the rooms as well. So when you're reading the module, like there's obviously, right there. you know, a full page, of the map so you can look at it, but then you don't have to flip. Now you're looking and you can see the room um, and all the important stuff right there. Um, and as a DM, like I, I found running it that way, it was just easier like to mm -hmm. see it, you know, what's going on. You're not flipping pages. You're just have, you know, three inches on a page that has picture of the room and all the important stuff you're going to need to run that room. I did that yeah. with one of my uh, derelict club uh, was the museum adventure. And the other nice thing about that is it, the, the book doesn't seem so wordy then you, you kind of without having to buy a bunch of extra art you have something to break up the page and kind of make it easier <laughs> a little cheap eyes. art there why'd you just give away <laughs> that color <laughs> in it it's just spelling publishers it. tricks what are you doing man that is not at all drop caps doing. drop caps are another thing you can do to <laughs> but it just it makes it a it more appealing to look at you know it's you you, you get more of a breakup of, of the words uh that way too so but no, that's awesome. Yeah, it does. It definitely is the easier way to go about uh, following the map without flipping back and forth. It's great. So. <laughs> uh, you guys ready for our one letter? I am. I think maybe. It was, I, I, I didn't read the emails. So I don't know what they're going to say, but uh, I'm going to go. Oh, this is a thinking man's uh, game here on this one. Exactly. All right. <laughs> so, um, We've got one letter in from uh, Alex Nost, I assume is how you say it, uh, that or Gnost. Uh, anyhow, well, Edwin, Lou, and Bill, you've done it again. Another fine episode. I was you very just stopped there. Yeah, yeah. over. Great. Thank, great thanks, letter. Alex. That's great. That's great. That's awesome. Nice letter. Well done. Particularly Edwin. Great job. <laughs> you got lead on that. Come on. I'm the I, editor. I, I can get coming. lead. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was very disappointed that you couldn't go more into Planescape. It had some of the best <laughs> meta plotting of all the second edition TSR products. I liked how you respectfully responded to the question about RPG industry missteps without getting on board the sixth edition hate train. <laughs> Going back to the idea of meta plots, these used to be huge in the industry, even outside of D&D in games like Warhammer RPG, Vampire the Masquerade, and even tabletop war games such as Battletech. Do you think these are a relic of the past? Do any of your companies have plans to do them? What do you like or hate about them? I, for one, love them, but I'm not as change adverse as many old gamers. I felt they kept the words, I'm sorry, worlds fresh and gave players a sense of shared drama, even if they weren't gaming at the same table. I feel like some of the most interesting personalities in the RPG worlds came to exist in these fictional pushes. Looking forward to your thoughts and being part of Geek Credit, Alex. All right. So, so one, uh, one thing that I've just I think just yesterday or just today, I was reading about the new Shadowrun where they had to bring in some meta plot in order to describe the change in their tech rules. So it's definitely still alive, I guess. That was, that was my, my thought there. 
And I think, and I'd even say some of the stuff that Frog God is working on has a little bit of meta plot with like um, the, all those those uh, kingdoms up in the northeast with some of that that's going on. Well, yeah, no, we're definitely been pushing some of that, and I think and thinking about the next steps of our meta plot, if that's or the world story or whatever. Yeah, I think, and I think for at least for third party publishers, you have to have a world that's developed to be able to do that sort of thing. Uh, which a lot of uh, us third-party people haven't done, right? Like we haven't um, bothered because it's tough to put out a world source book um, with without a, a backbone of, of heavy customers following you and right. wanting it. We've pretty much done it almost all along. I mean, there's a if you go through our our product catalog, which now goes back 15 years, you definitely have adventures that that link back to stuff we'd write today or have villains that might link back. So we, we do try to stick with it. I think, like you said, for third-party publishers, you have to create that world, right? Uh, for our people who have been reading us for 15 years, they feel like it's all part of a bigger picture sometimes. It doesn't, that doesn't mean every product is like that. But I think, uh, I mean, I, I, I know we've done it um, to some degree, and you can definitely see it with our newer products. But we kind of have two diverging things going on, too. We have stuff that I write and stuff that Ben writes. Ben writes more for his kind of campaign world, and I write for the stuff that goes kind of back. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it is important. And I will say I wish we would have had more time to talk about Planescape, but it's a fascinating thing. And, and, and don't worry, we, we actually talked about why we didn't talk about Planescape for all the <laughs> listeners out there and, and why we've actually hit run into that issue more than once. And we're definitely moving forward. Uh, I'm giving away some behind the scenes mm-hmm. stuff, but we, uh, yeah, we've, we've been talking about how we can better uh, target the, this old dungeon part of this old dungeon. Yeah. Yeah, we are we are making some moves and changes, folks. Especially as we get into the the new year here, so we're making improvements. A, a leaner, meaner podcast here. Not changes. We're impro- making improvements. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. You, you a spin doctor here. Uh, so one of the things I dislike about meta plots is that it sort of constrains the the authors. Like that, there's there's this sort of. So I think the good side of them is they can inspire you, right? You you have some old adventures, you have a meta plot, and you can you find a piece, and you're like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to find out what that mad wizard, you know, what happened to them before they built this castle, or what happens after, or what happened over there? And I think that can be super fun. Uh, and then I think the flip side is that now you have you get into people who get upset with you because you know the same like all the Star Wars stuff, like whatever. Like it's you have this consistency issue. And uh, come on, guys, it's a fictional world here and we're trying to write fun adventures. And yes, it is, in fact, true that we said, in, you know, in 1037, this happened over here. And in this adventure, <laughs> we said it was in 1048. And, you know, oh, well, um, so I think Mo- the historians disagree about the exact. Time. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> historians are not sure when the Mad Wizard uh, built his castle. I think it's a problem, too, when when um you'll see authors like fall too, especially for adventures and such, fall too much in love with these NPCs. Um, that that the story becomes more about them than the characters at the table. Yep. Yep. Well, let's. Oh, there's there's another issue with the whole meta plotting going way back is that unless you keep detailed records of things, right? <laughs> you can <laughs> kind of forget that you actually authors, did something yeah. already, or or uh, you set something up and actually went in a totally different direction later on. Uh, and I, I can say that because I've actually got emails saying. 
hey, don't you remember in you know 2010, Bill, when in this module this happened, and <laughs> now it's 2019, something totally different going on based on that town or whatever, and I'm like. Yeah. No, nope, actually, I don't. I don't. That's just, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> but now I'm going to go back and read what I wrote and see if I, see if I can remember what what actually happened there. So, uh, so there 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 are obstacles or or uh, obstacles not the right word, but you know, there's there's speed bumps that you can hit with metaplotting too. So, um, and I guess the the other thing from a from a GM standpoint, um, I also want and this is this is not just about uh, metaplot, but I think also about a lot of the not all of, but a lot of the IP heavy uh, RPG stuff is that I don't want to learn it. Yeah. And, and there's the issue that, you know, three of the Barrier players read the history and two of them haven't, and the GM has or hasn't or whatever. And, and so it, it makes in a, in a focused way, it makes for sloppy writing because the author can rely on all this other stuff and they don't have to present a, a module that you can simply read and run. They can assume that, you know, all this other stuff. And so I, that frustrates me as, as someone who might be buying things. So that's, I can see getting into it, but. And that's why like, like my homegrown, we haven't played in the forgotten realms in over a decade. Right. Cause people <laughs> just know too much about it and they can't it's separate right. their yeah. knowledge and the character knowledge. And you're like, dude, like you don't really know that stuff. Like, stop. There's too much, like too, just too much world knowledge is out there for it, but nothing so is I new and fun. I decided I was getting my in trouble. I could get myself in trouble with that a long time ago. So when we do our, our, we do a catalog of all the pacer stuff, but every two years is we about when we do our actual product catalogs and we always include all our previous stuff in there. And what I started doing was saying modules that are linked or have association with. So someone can look at it and say, okay, I'm interested in buying this module. Oh, I see here. It's, it's kind you know, it's directly linked to these two. And you know, tangentially, maybe linked to another one over here. So I started putting it in all our product catalogs, not necessarily always for the prospective buyer, but for me too. So I yeah. can remember what I'm actually Probably, doing. Yeah. So there's, yeah, we're going to start it, doing that. This is a whole can of worms, right? Yeah. yeah. This is a whole can of worms that gets opened up with meta plotting. So and when I was, we don't just have one, we have multiple. So that's another problem. So, and they contradict each other. <laughs> <laughs> When I was gaming as a young man in the in the late '80s, early '90s, uh, my gaming group we each had like one D and D world that that was your world. So like, I was the Forgotten Realms guy. That was the lore that I knew. Those were the books that I owned. I had a buddy that was Dragonlance and a buddy that was Greyhawk, and that made it so it was like consumable for the DM, and it also made it so that you didn't have to worry about what the other guys knew because they stayed out of your world. They didn't you know read mm -hmm. up on its meta plot, plot or whatever, and that worked okay, but. As an older dude now, I have no desire to read Metaplot, uh, like at least large swaths of it, you know, little, right. you know, paragraph, two paragraphs about, oh, this is going on now in this kingdom. I'm fine with that. But but uh, it's just it doesn't it, it's too much of a, a burden to me now uh, more than it was back then. Back then it was inspirational. Now I've got enough inspiration from all other sources. I don't need that so much anymore. Um but I get that people get into it and like it and it, you know, fuels the, the fire to, to play in those realms and, and that sort of thing for people. So, I mean, it like is, it is, I think the stereotypical nerd thing is getting into <laughs> meta plot. I mean, I, I'm like, you know, name the Detroit lions from, you know, 2003, right. That's your meta plot. It's just, it's the same, uh, <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to learn this world. We're going to know the facts and we're going to be able to, show off on them. Yep. 
Well, that was, I think that was a great letter. And I think we killed that enough for an out. Um, yeah. This Thanks, Alex. Awesome. So where are we going, Lou? Get it to the, to the main event here, guys. We are doing. Wow. It's record old time. Yeah. All right. <laughs> This old dungeon. You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. All right, now we're probably going to give him some gruff for it, but this this module was bound to happen on here at some point. Castle Amber <laughs> X2, Ian's choice, oh dealer's God. choice. Uh, Thanks, Ian. Rocky pitched it and bailed in my defense. <laughs> and then bailed. <laughs> but I'm all, I'm all right with any X series module. That's that's that classically like those are that's my favorite. Uh, basic For sure. I mean, it's diamond series. after diamond in the X series mostly. Okay, well, um, let's not get carried away. I agree with you guys. Some of them can most, be a quagmire. Most, most. <laughs> did you see what most he did? Of them. There's, there's. We're about to talk about to me for me the exception to the rule. So, and, and okay. To, to start us off, I mean, would you guys agree that there is a huge fan base for X2? I mean, huge. a lot, a lot of people love X2. So we are talking about X2 Castle Amber, which is written by Tom Moldbay. Uh, it came out in 81. 1981. So this yeah. is this is old school TSR right in there. What we would like to call probably their golden age of module produced, and they were cranking them out back then. Uh, this is right in the, in the midst of probably a, a dearth of in 18 months, they probably put out 18 modules. So um, it, it is true that it, at Gamehole, I was uh, doing our little live recording from under a satire piece of art off of uh, yes, Castle Amber. So it definitely the, has some recognition going on the, there. The cover it is, is awesome. I mean, this, it, it's this, a great cover. So we've all, we all know about like maybe that like films that came out that were crappy back in the day, but now they have like a cult following, right? Yeah. And some better than others. This, this <laughs> module absolutely has a cult following. There's, there's no question. There's absolutely no question. I don't understand it, but it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely there. Um, I mean, Oh my God. I don't know. Well, it, well, Ian, we're you want to lead us off with like, you know, why you let's chose let's, it and what it's about in general. Yeah, that's Ian's listeners. fault. So let's let him talk. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I chose it to upset Bill. Um, Perfect. <laughs> I, well I, I like this module. So I, it's, I think there's a, there's a danger here where you're like, this module is very popular. It's literally swiped from an author, like the whole Averine and like, uh, but there's a lot of great things I do like in this even though module. They even though they um, tell you they didn't do that. The, and, like, then credit, and then they credit him and tell you <laughs> books to read that they're going to find this stuff in too. That's he was 20 years dead by now. Yeah. So. <laughs> but uh, but the maps are awesome. I like that they've they did some clever stuff early on with these maps and that they took like like they they made little uh, cutaway side views of some of the more yeah. weird parts. So you're like, oh, you yeah. can actually picture this. Um, and, and I think that 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 was uh pretty unique at the time i also think for early modules that this is one of the better maps in that it is sensical uh and it works and there's nothing funky that shouldn't like doesn't like you see it and you go huh mm-hmm. like how physically how do- it works right yeah right. yeah <laughs> which Not i think um, what's in the room but the order of rooms and where they're placed yeah, yeah so although scale wise, this thing's freaking huge. I mean, this castle's got hallways that are what 80 feet in, in width or something like that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's an in But it's but I mean it's 
like there's a boxing match in here that you can wager on. Like what? There like, is. It's, well, it's there's awesome. a forest in the courtyard. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, you know, it's, a, it's great. The, the one there's thing so I got to say happening in there, you wouldn't believe and, it. And this is where all those Ravenloft mists came from, right? Yeah, like, yes, you know. yes. I noticed that. I was like, oh man. It's like, oh, so this so module, weird. I think you see like tropes from this module like throughout modules everywhere. You know, yeah, in the well, next decades that come. And, and that's dark. what I was going to say, like reading it now, it's like, oh, indoor forest, how clever. But then I got to put myself in that mindset that, oh, this was probably the first one. This is, you know, the origin of the species kind of thing for a lot of that stuff that, you know, the. I, just, I think uh, this one lot. also has <laughs> a lot of non-combat encounters or potentially non-combat encounters that uh, many of the early modules don't, where they're just like, all right, let's go stab some giants. Like, um and, and this one pr presents some some different opportunities that I think some of the other modules don't. The, the only thing that made me sad, so this this has, as you just said, it has everything, all sorts of cool stuff in it, a lot of crazy, fun, wacky stuff. And I feel like if only it made the slightest bit of sense, I would have really liked it. Yeah, like, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. So, so this it is, is just... It is just yeah. a crazy, a crazy hodgepodge yeah. of, of random it's a, it's a fun fairy, house. fairy tales. Like, yeah, it, it's a fun We've house. kind of referenced it, but just just to set the listener's mind into it, uh, you know, it is like Ravenloft. You're you're wondering about. It's getting late. You're you're low on supplies. There's this mist. You find yourself in front of this castle, this giant castle, uh, and it's a place to take refuge. And you go in there, and then now you're in the world of of the Castle Amber, which is a chaotic world to say the least. Yeah. Well, well, so, and yeah, I'm sorry, we, go ahead, Bill. That's all right. So yeah, the setup of this thing really is it's it's a little worse than Ravenloft. I think I think it's a lot worse. Um, you're yeah, you're walking through the wilderness, and next thing you know, there's a mansion in front of you, and then the next thing you know, there's this fog is actually behind you somehow, yeah. right? And it, it it creeps in on you and forces you to go into this mansion, uh, or you're you're dead. That's that's there's the, a it's a it's a pretty heavy railroad. I mean, that's a, yeah, that's a lot of ways, right? So, yeah. but that just kind of really sets off for me the rest of the mentioned we kind of, we talked a lot, a lot about this is that there there is there's just a, a bunch of crazy in here and none of it really makes none of it makes any connectivity sense whatsoever there's no there's there is a story here but it gets lost in these these individual encounters in here are so i think we talked about this before actually where and actually me and edwin i think we're on the same page for once on something that <laughs> when you're playing an adventure you podcast set, over podcast over you kind of set the ground rules right of this is this is how things work or this is how the game works and this is how we always do secret doors for example literally in this adventure every room you walk in starts breaking freaking rules and starts changing things they're like no worlds of their own whatsoever, right so, it's just constant you know you so walk into the room and what they're doing it's just specific to that room and it's not you know you, right. you're right every they're, every room's like a it's almost like a walk through the twilight zone kind of thing where like it is they're constantly changing game mechanics in here right it's or they don't just it, they don't explain i mean they don't always have to explain everything but they don't explain anything most of the time right i mean you walk into a room there's an ogre sleeping in the bed that you think is a woman but and he thinks he's a woman word in your voice. <laughs> you it's don't enchanted think well, what right. the flock, right? I mean, every, it's enchanted to make everything work in that room. So it's constantly like that in this module. I mean, there's some fun stuff. I mean, I, I know you turn to one of the rooms and it has a player description, right? And the first sentence for the DM is, there it is, the squirrels are magical, period. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it never ends. It just, it literally never ends in here. And I, I don't have a problem with that necessarily, but occasionally, but to me, it's too much. There's just way too much of that in here. I, I, I can tell you right now, I read this and bought it back in the day. 
and I never ran it because I knew my, my group of players, we would have been two hours into this thing and they would have said, fuck it. We're just killing everything and taking whatever we can find. <laughs> they, they wouldn't have cared about plot. They wouldn't have cared about figuring out what's going on anymore. That would be okay. That's, that's my group of players. I get that, but they would have given up on this thing because they just would have got frustrated at some point. And I, I was frustrated just reading it because I kept waiting for this <laughs> thing to develop. Right. It just, well, it just never really does. In one fact, of the, it does one develop, of the, you have to leave of, the whole fucking mansion to make anything work. <laughs> so I think uh, one of the mistakes that Mulvey made was uh, having the Amber family members as like random encounters rather than just having you encounter them so they could explain some of the plot to you. Uh, yeah. Cause I think if you like, if you could potentially never, bump into the plot if you just don't roll the random encounters to like hit them so i think i think if you you could tweak some of that and you could make um and and then i think like the castle as an enchanted messed up place then then works a little better when they're Mm -hmm. like when you get the premise why or start to understand at least a perspective why well i I think the the big uh the big this old dungeon thing i didn't go into details because i feel like it would take me about 40 hours to do it but would be to lay down breadcrumbs to allow the players and the characters to figure this stuff out. Yeah. And I feel like the, the amount of work that would need to go into this adventure in order to get that. So you go into each room and you say, okay, now let's think about the magic squirrels and let's see how we can somehow foreshadow that or provide hints or, you know, whatever. And okay. Then there's the, the, the hunt that comes if you mess with the squirrels. Okay. Can we, can we lay some some groundwork for that? And then we've got the whichever Amber it is that is leading the hunt. And can we meet him? Can we talk? Why do they all have animal heads? You know, so there's I, but I, that was my main thought was there's all this unexplained nonsense. And a lot of it's pretty deadly. And some of it's I think, just going to be unfun because it's so because you have no way of figuring it out. It's just frustrating. I, think so the I, think, I feel like the main if, thing is if, the breadcrumbs. If the jet, I think the jester could could easily be used yeah. like a breadcrumb dropper that and explain the plot as, better mm-hmm. um, because you kind of have both perspectives. But uh, what's yeah. Bill? You remember everything's magical. I forget but one of the rooms. It's like uh, it, it particularly points out that the gargoyles aren't magical. It's actually the encounter right before the magic squirrels. Is it really? The gar- yeah. yeah. The gargoyles are only stone statues. <laughs> yes. It's That's like, right. But the, 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 the underlay is. This module does a better job of subverting expectations at every single turn than anything I've ever seen, <laughs> well, it, but it, usually in a bad way. That being um, said, though, like, I'll used... say this for it. In, <laughs> and Ian was kind of pointing this out that you know it's it's a good module to to try to get to the players to realize that not everything's about combat, and, and that a lot of these encounters are just like about discovery and that sort of thing. But yet, like you were I, saying, I, I would it, agree with that if they provided any help with discovery, and if they provided any clues it, as yeah. to which should be combat mm-hmm. and which should not be combat. But there's well, nothing. It's well, just it, yeah. We're going to drift off to the like the very second paragraph of the adventure in that where Tom says there's a good chance that if they don't be reasonable, you have the dungeon master should be reasonable so all the characters don't die. Right. Yes. And he has to tell you to do that up front before you ever start anything because right. you will <laughs> get slaughtered if you start fighting things. I mean, there, you know, there's a woman laying in a glade, right? Well, it turns out she's a gold dragon. So, you know, Both if you dead. fuck with her, you're all dead. Everybody's dead. You know, it's just... <laughs> 
it never ends. And how did she get there? Why is there a gold dragon stuck in the forest of the thing? Like that's the way the characters did, but but she's hanging out, right? So she's, you know, it's, it is, it's a, it's a different animal. Um, I I would, if it were me and I, I, the same, I mean, my, my copy is like almost pristine. Um, There's a reason. (laughs) Yeah. So I've, I've had a long time, but never ran it at the table. Um, If I were to do that, first off, I'm going to, I'm going to cut back on a lot of the, uh, the ambers. I'm going to try to get it down to where there's, you know, like maybe eight of them that I can really kind of get into their, their personalities and their, and their, their take on what they want and what they're trying to do in this castle. Um, I'm going to make it, I'm definitely going to like push like the Adams family theme, which is what I get from this is you're, you're, you're kooky and you're spooky. You know, you're, you're going to all these weird rooms where they're doing their own thing. You know, got the guy with the boxing match and this and that. Um, but then, like you said, there, there's gotta be more of this understanding of, well, of, uh, Stephen Amber being cursed and that, you know, you got to get to his tomb and you missed that. You know, that yeah. barely gets talked about, right? So yeah. going back to the boxing match part, I mean, here again, this is what I'm talking about. It, it, it would be fun to have a boxing thing, right? It's kind of that it could be cool. You first get phone, but they create a whole new monster just to make this encounter work that no one's ever heard of. The Demas the magic, magic people, yeah, yeah. It just it never it just now, like I said, they're used throughout the adventure though. It's not just there, but there's there's different versions correct. of them. That's correct. Monster, monsters created. This module has some of the best. Like, oh yeah. It has, so oh, many, no, it's like, got some cool monsters in it. Don't, don't give me grass, reason, but... grass, like stuff you just didn't yeah. see. Yeah, the brain that. collector. Yeah, that's a fun. Yeah, one. I don't know about that. Some good stuff there. <laughs> I, I do have to say, like, although I've never run this one cover to cover, I've stolen the most things from this one. Like I've taken <laughs> there's some stuff. Like, yeah, there's, like you said, they don't make sense together, but like that boxing match yeah. makes sense in like a giant slayer with you know, like you could you could squeeze a room of this. Like you could put the gold dragon as a lady in your right. forest, and it works great. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to throw out a conspiracy theory. They let Tom write Palace of the Silver Princess. Okay, right. You can see a lot of similarities between Palace of the Silver Princess and this thing. You could you I, I could actually tell a Tom Moldy adventure when I read it. I, I always know Lost City. It's got the same. You got the same. You get these weird vibes in your time time. I think Palace of the Silver Princess, they kept a lid on him. I think in this adventure, they let him run wild. And <laughs> um, because it is. It is bizarro world nonstop. I think Twilight Zone is probably a really good descriptor for it. <laughs> but like you guys are right, there are there are some cool monsters in here. There are some cool like if I, there's some cool encounters that you could just pick out of here and drop in somewhere else. The problem is when you put all these together, it's a train wreck. And by the way, that whole train wreck leads you to a spot where you actually have to leave this thing through a gate and go to this whole region. That and, and do a do a, a, rot, a rot of seven parts. Yes, right? you, you, you jump over this region, do a rot, and that's it's a huge. So now you're in a whole country, and what is the GM given? Like a page and a half. Yes, like two pages. his this is like the weirdest IP grab here ever because yeah. like Avignon yeah. is basically just D and mean, if even the books, I mean, the books are very D and D like. You know, it's it's a fantasy. Yeah. Uh, you know, medieval France. With vampires and werewolves and monsters okay, okay, okay. and magic, where magic is outlawed. How, how come <laughs> yeah. there's no boules? 
If this is French, how come it... Because <laughs> it's, it's not, because it's in Avernon, not the Boulay region of France. <laughs> so it's not where they make good wine. <laughs> it's in the Boulay region. <laughs> Grapes crushed by the Boulay itself. So they yeah, did a couple of good things that I thought were, they, you know, people talk a lot about the rule of three kind of stuff. If you have a clue that, the, that they need to find, make sure it's in three places. That shows up in here. That's really nice. Like they've got that scroll yeah. and you can find it in a bunch of ways. And then it goes on and says, if they don't find it, just give it to him. Like, so <laughs> he is aware, like, because there were some adventures published in this era where the adventure could just stop in its tracks if you ran it as written. And so he, I feel like he was at least paying attention to the fact that he's putting them on a railroad and you've got to go this way. And that's can be fun. And if you're going to do that, you need to make sure that they can stay on the tracks. And so that he, he provides that in a few places. So I thought that was good. That's a, a thing we can learn from it, I think. Well, sure. I mean, it's also right groundbreaking in a lot of ways. Um, again, we're talking about 1981 here, so context is everything. Um, I did think they did a really nice job with the maps, like Ian said. Um, and the art, there's some really nice art in there. Yeah, there's some great, great art in here. There's some really classic art in here. Um, I didn't even look at that, who the artists were. Yeah, it, it, there's a mix. I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's, some of it's kind of crappy, but there's some really good art in here. Yeah, it's Steve <laughs> Sullivan, I'm guessing, did some of this. And then looks um, like Rossloff in some of it. Yeah, he's got a couple pieces in here. And then um there's that one, there's that one, Jim Holloway one for sure. realistic yeah. piece near Yeah, the here end. we go. I got I got it. Holloway, Quinn, Rossloff, Sullivan, and Errol. Errol. The one on uh the one above the tomb of Stephen Amber. Mm-hmm. Uh well, that's a great piece. And that's such a different a, from all the others. Yeah, really gonna, nice. because that is probably gonna be that Harry Quinn guy. Because I, I don't recognize that right. in anything else. So mm. I, I can tell you, I can absolutely pick out the Sullivan and Holloways. Holloways are easy, yeah. Yeah, it's super did. easy. But I don't know what Arrow did. I got to find Arrow. That's those, those are all Sullivan. See the cover. The cover. Yeah, he's, yeah, the, he's cover. the cover. And yeah, he cover. did the cover. Well, maybe not. And yeah, Ross like the. the uh, yeah, there is some fun. There's definitely some fun humor in here. Like I can see. You can sort of see some of the intent, I think, when you get into the art and see the like. There's the uh, the room with the uh, the gremlins, and the you know the guy has dropped his first pants and his sword's melting, and yeah, first appearance yeah. of gremlins. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, yep. <laughs> so, how do we fix this, or how do you? What do you do with it? Other than we said we we would pilfer take, pieces of it. Pilfer the fun rooms. So I'm going to make another connection. Yeah. I'm going to make another, uh, it's it's not a connection, but another wild conspiracy theory. I think TSR thought looked at how wildly popular Teagle Banner was with Judges Guild. This came up before this. Ah, this, really, this is absolutely a ripoff. Not rip only off of, of Teagle. Of all, oh, yeah. It's an absolute ripoff of Teagle Banner. I mean, it does. This definitely read to me a lot of it like an adventure where they made a really big map. Like, yeah, like a lot of the writing seems forced. Like we've got the green room, the black room, the red room, and so it's, it it felt like somebody who's like, oh shit, I got to fill these eight rooms. Okay, colors, great. Okay, let's do those, and then uh, I've got to fill these. Oh, we got some elements here, and <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and so there was some of that in there that was like, okay, we're gonna build this big haunted castle, yeah. and then we're just gonna fill it. That would be great. That I, I you could totally picture this module that just been like, all right, Tom, here's this map we've got that we've paid yeah. for, and it's nice. Uh, right. We got to make it work, buddy. Good luck. Yep. Go go. <laughs> Good luck is right. There's, I'm just flipping through because I, I love doing that while we look at these because I, I don't necessarily always read them cover to cover before. There, there's one, it, it, you walk into a bedroom, right? There's two wraiths that attack the party on site. Mm-hmm. 
Now, mind you, this adventure is like third to fifth level or third to sixth third level. Third to sixth, yeah. Uh, so two uh, races is are going to be third to combined. Thir- 30 combined 30 experience levels. levels but, yeah. Well, it's but not yeah, going to be when these two rates get through with them. Right. Yeah. Really about 15 <laughs> combined levels. Not only are the race going to. Well, not only do that, when you get done, you finally get done, you lost a bunch of levels, you fought these raids. Then you have to deal with a trap that they've got in there that explodes in a 10 by 10 by 10 cloud, which is a poison or die trap. Yeah. Yeah. You aren't walking out of it. And again, I will go back to the beginning where it says be reasonable as a DM. I love it. <laughs> well, and, and there's the, the feast room where like half the food, you know, gives you extra ability points and half the food kills oh, yeah. you instantly. Yeah. And yeah. It's <laughs> only, only one thing kills you. It's only the mushrooms. Oh, the mushrooms. The mushrooms. Yeah. But some of it like degrades your, your abilities or whatever. I guess it's a trade-off on some of it, but uh but it's just interesting, you know. It's like rhyme or reason. Well, what's that? You know, no, it's, <laughs> that's that's exactly the kind of stuff where I'd love for there to be some some clue trail, some things that where the figure players could out. figure yeah. out which yeah. ones are gonna be good. And because otherwise yeah. it's like, okay, you walk into a room, roll a d6. Okay, you're dead. Uh, your strength has gone up by two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you, you put a you skeleton a at the table and, and you put the food, it's no good in front of him, you know. So right, you go, oh, right. I'm not having what that guy ate, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. one dude tries yeah. it all and you watch. But there is a there's a good chance. <laughs> There's a good chance the player is going to be rich because everywhere you go, it's like, well, they find three thousand. A lot of loot. I mean, you could make classic D and D's kind of like. Oh yeah, just in the boxing ring, right? That's right. You you need that serious bag of holding to because well, the nice (laughs) one of the things we haven't mentioned is, and this this is a weird meta thing, not a meta plot, just meta game, is that at the very beginning it says at the end of every session. So it has nothing to do with where you are in the adventure or anything else. But when you knock off for the day of playing your characters are put in a little time freeze where they're protected from everything. They can train, they can level up, they can recover all their hit points and all that kind of stuff. Uh, just like, so you've, that's, you've collected that's all protection. this gold. It's whatever Amber was trapped in the tapestry that's doing that, isn't it? Yeah, Steven. Yeah, yeah. but it's, 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 it's like, so horrible. but it's at the session yeah, and not at, like it has nothing to do with <laughs> anything in, in no. game. He, he engulfs the PCs in this like magic mist kind of stuff or whatever and they get, yeah. and they get all their spells back. Oh, it's... <laughs> And so, but you know, like, because I feel like it, at this era, you were supposed to bring your gold into town to get the XP for it and stuff. And this is this sort of like workaround to be like, yeah. okay, we're gonna finish yeah. the session now. You've got your bag of holding with twenty thousand gold in it. You, you two, three people level up. And <laughs> well, it's like, well, it, it's does, like it does give you another opportunity to push places, that block. Right? And it Sorry, tells I, you I like it's not safe here. But then mm-hmm. they're like, always oh, like have a There's magic hand wave, magic. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. But, but there's but, no way, yeah, they don't, there's no way for them to rest, to like choose to rest or recover. It's just, well, it's, you just got to yeah. make it through this four hours or eight hours or 12 hours <laughs> of gaming and then your character's safe and healed. <laughs> That's great. That's great. But we have pagan stats. <laughs> pagan is a monster in the, in the game. Yeah, we have oh. pagan, pagan stats, which like technically aren't all, <laughs> like everybody in a DD world because they're worshiping Rand, like Rand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a fascinating read, people. So, it, it, this is available is. on drive through, right? So, you're relatively cheap if you, you don't got to go pay eBay price for it. Um, it does command money on eBay. A really nice copy of Castle Amber is not going to be cheap, by the way. It, it um, especially for early X series stuff, which generally is not too terribly expensive. Um, but uh, I will. Goodman redid this one, didn't they? Isn't that part of yeah. their classic? Yeah, yeah. I'd say the OAR yeah. ones, the original yeah. just revived. revised. Yeah. 
Bill, Which pagans I, will not be encountered in cities, towns, or villages. <laughs> well, ah, pagan means out town. But did out, you look at what's, yeah. what's number appearing, Edwin, since you're there? Uh, number appearing is either zero or three to 30. <laughs> <laughs> zero. It's pagans, zero of them. Let's roll. Well, I, I still like the <laughs> deadly, <laughs> deadly. Yeah, the non-magical gargoyle room has a 15-hit dice amoeba in there. It does all kinds oh of things. That's yeah. a cool monster, though. I mean, you know, I mean, you look at like yeah. what was out at the time. That's a, that's a new one. That's a neat one. You know, it is neat. Unless, unless vampire roses. That's the vampire roses look cool. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, this is kind of cool. I didn't notice this, but uh, and I think this is the only module like this. But the uh, the pages are perforated where the handouts are. Oh, I was like going to bring the that up. Letter? No, they, they've yeah. done that in several others. Uh, do they, do they tear that. out easy? They do. Well, yeah, it's you're perforated. It's actually, <laughs> you want them to show like you? <laughs> I am currently yeah. in my video. There's, I guess yeah, it's really perfect. That, and, and here's right what I'm going to mention. For yeah. all, all I'll prove it. Prove it. it. <laughs> <laughs> for, for those of you, so yeah, I've got mine right here too. So for those of you searching this out, if you want an original copy of this, there's one thing I'm going to tell you to watch out for. For whatever reason, the people who did like this and did play it, they all they all tore those out. They're missing nice most of the time. They're missing most of the time. Uh, or they're well, definitely. It's also got the, the the dungeon maps in the center, so that's another thing. They People pull those too. Took that yeah. out of the stage. I mean, that, gotta... it happens a lot with Eyelids Red, right? The back map is almost always yeah. tore out of that thing because everyone uses it that way. Uh, but this one this one follows or, that pattern or filled or filled in. It's there. Yeah. It's filled in right. in crayon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I, I don't know. For me, it, for me, I, I'm, I'm like Edwin. I, I wouldn't want to spend the time to try and change this so much to try and make it work because I think it does need to stand on its own. I think it needs to stay as it is. Um, I would, for me, I would just pull pieces out of it, pull some of these new monsters out of here, and, and drop them in, in, in unexpected ways because there are some. I think so. There's some really cool ones. The vampire roses are really cool. Um, you know, the phantom is actually pretty neat. Um, I like a lot in here. Um, I just don't like the module itself, I guess. <laughs> maybe just for posterity's sake, I would maybe run it as a, okay, tonight your characters, you know, fall asleep in a fever dream and you're in the Castle Amber. And then however far we get that night of gaming, you wake up. That's good because they can fall, they can go into a weird dream within this, within Castle Amber. Yeah, that's one of the yeah. encounters too. So <laughs> then you can, I think it's it would be really fun man. to run Top Castle Amber. But when you start the dream sequences, they are you going into Ravenloft. <laughs> it's really, it's really deep in it. And First, I trapped you into here, you. and now you're trapped into there. <laughs> they're probably going to thank you. The balls didn't get out of Cat's Lambert. Yeah, the spell oh, jammer that's out of here. Yep. <laughs> uh, All awesome. right. Yeah. Any, like any other thoughts before we leave this segment? Nope. No, I think we're pretty good on this. <laughs> <laughs> I will see you all in the grand salon for the boxing match. <laughs> Pugilist, eh? Uh, all right. Well, Ian, that brings us to the moment in time that we do the geek credit. Now, Rocky's not here to suffer through. Now, how about that? Oh, he's suffering because the Lions just lost horribly at the end of the game. So. Uh, yeah, he's gonna have a nice ride back to the west side of the we, state. It, it, now, is he a, is he a Lions fan or is he a Dolphins fan? He's a Dolphins fan. So That's what I thought. Oh, he's happy as hell. Then he the, the guy, the guy he went with this, this is the other guy we know. Eric is a is a, uh, is a Detroit Lions fan. So I'm so oh. get shit the whole way. Back. They drive together from the from the west side, <laughs> so he can rub it in for the next two and a half hours. Andy found uh, 
um, one of the dangerous uh, journeys, the dangerous destinations copy for like a buck at a store yesterday. Oh, so hell yeah. I don't know if you saw oh, it posted on Facebook. Yeah, it's, <laughs> those are, you barely find those. So that was oh, yeah. a rarity. Do you have any geek credit? All right, so this is Geek Credit, the moment in the show where we uh, we ask you five multiple choice questions, and if you can get three out of the five, you retain your geek credit. Uh, we also do a at-home uh, player, so uh, Alex Nost, uh, you will be the recipient of uh, some wonderful gaming artifact. I'll, I'll dig. Lou, Lou will Lou will rip out the handout of his uh, <laughs> Castle Amber and send you just the handout. Just the handout. I you did not pick promise the model that. Or the handouts. You don't get both. Though. You'll get both. <laughs> I got something to sell on eBay. <laughs> All right. So, um, uh, who wants to lead? I guess that's uh, me. Not me. <laughs> uh, I have. I have. I have a question. Maybe I have two questions, right. but I sort of have one question. But you go. You should start, Lou. You see, okay. Case. All right. So, um, so Ian gave us a, a list of topics of, of things that he's interested in that we could kind of pull some questions from. Uh, and one of the things I was really excited to hear is that uh, you were a fan of the D uh, D six Wedge Star Wars game. So uh, our listeners probably know this because we've talked about it when we had Bill Slavasek on. But um, what property? did the rules for that game kind of evolve from? So Wedge had owned a, another IP that they made a game for, and they kind of stole those rules and, and used them for D6 Star Wars. Was that property Star Trek, Ghostbusters, James Bond, or Time Tunnel? Uh, it was Ghostbusters, I believe. You got it, buddy. Ding, ding, ding. One Which I also you. have upstairs. I actually ran that for uh, Zach and uh, Skeeter on 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 Goddamn It Zach as a Halloween <laughs> special one year. Awesome. awesome, yeah, that's a great game. I yeah, I, I wish there was uh, more copies of that available. It's really hard to come by some of it. So, all, right. all right, so I pulled uh, I pulled the literary one here. Uh, actually, uh, I'm I'm going A or B here. Uh, we're going to start with this one. So. Uh, one of the things you said was that uh, you like Jules Verne and particularly the Mysterious Island. And uh, Mysterious Island is tied to which other Jules Verne books? Around the World in 80 Days, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, In Search of Castaways, Journey to the Center of the Earth, The Lighthouse at the End of the World. You can choose as many of those as you want. Uh, so it's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea is, is the classic one. They bump yep. into Nemo underneath. He's the one providing all of the stuff for them to actually survive. But, uh, yeah, that's a great book. You learn how to make gunpowder with, with readily right. available so, things. Yeah. So I, I don't think I've actually read In Search of Castaways, which surprises me. Uh, but yeah, no, go ahead. It's, okay, it's, but that is also in the same storyline, yeah. apparently, minus a little contradiction. And uh, no, I guess it's uh, 20,000 Leagues has a little time break with Mysterious Island in terms of yeah. pre post Civil War. But uh, yeah, because it's the balloon escape in the hurricane and uh, during the Civil right. War that, that it starts at. Um, but in search of the I think, the... was written first and then um, like, like he like developed it into that, was my under like, and it feels yeah. that way when you read them. Like you're like, yeah, wait a minute, like they feel very the same story. similar. Yeah. Didn't like they make a movie Rams on that one? But it's oh, yeah. the title's oh, yeah. not the same, right? There's a no, title it different. No, uh, it, it's also Mysterious Island. No, 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 not Mysterious Island. The uh, 
In search, in search of castaways. castaways. Search of castaways. I I have this recollection of watching a movie based on that because I've never read that movie. Book. Castaway with Tom Hanks and right in like the sixties. It's a black and white. Yeah, because I just like remember the mid, Civil War part mid, where I rung a bell right away. Right, so it's mid sixties. I don't. I, I need to. I do need to dig that because I. I Thirty five years since I saw that. Yeah, but I'm a big um, Jules Verne fan, but I, I've never so read that. I, I was going to ask you a question on the movie, hoping that you had seen it. Now. Uh, I don't know if this is the same mid '60s one, but this is the one where Ray Harryhausen did the effects for it. Have you seen this movie, *Mysterious Island* with Ray Harryhausen? I, I'm not sure I have. But oh man, okay. that sounds. If it's a Harryhausen, I'm sure it's good. I'm not. What <laughs> what exactly did he did he stop pushing right. to animate though? <laughs> yeah, no, but okay. So uh, I will give you a bonus question if if this is way you know out of line. Uh, I didn't know being a fan of the book, if you'd seen the movie, but um, so the question was, which of these monsters were not featured in the uh, Ray Harryhausen version of Mysterious Island? Uh, A giant scorpion, a giant terror bird or or phosphorus or something like that, like a, you know, kind of ostrich looking prehistoric bird. Super specific. So that's in there. (laughs) A giant crab. work. (laughs) (laughs) A giant crab or a giant nautilus? Which uh, scorpion, terror bird, it's, crab? The scorpion. You're right. Yeah, that was out of the Clash of the Titans. The other three did appear in Mysterious Island. There it's, it's, That's two, three right there. So you got your geek credit. Now it's just adding to your your uh, esteem here. All right. Like so it. the uh, so I, I stuck on uh, Mysterious Island, but the original title uh, was original uh, when he first uh, proposed the book. For Mysterious Island was Islands of the Ocean, Finding the Lost Swiss Family, or Shipwrecked Family, Marooned with Uncle Robinson. <laughs> it's the first one. The right. first one, Islands of first the Ocean? Is, yeah. Right? Shipwrecked Family, Marooned with Uncle Robinson. This is really? Robinson. IP, IP. Yeah, so he's going after both <laughs> both of them. Who's, wow. that's, a, that's, a, that's like putting... Um, uh, all of the 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 books that you've stolen your your <laughs> module from in the list at the end, the and claiming you didn't put them in. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's because we're on a French theme today. We've got the French adventure, and we've got the silver boulet, and we've got Jules Verne. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'll end uh, with our fifth question, being also on uh, Jules Verne, Mysterious Island. Uh, so Jules Verne got uh, all his influences for the Mysterious Island. And all the information about uh, uh, island ecology and, and from Wikipedia. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, where, where did he get that from? Did he get it from his his travels to Polynesia, his travels to Japan, his travels to Cuba, or from his travels to the local library? Uh, I'm gonna say uh, A. Ah, uh, Polynesia. No, actually, he never left France. He, he everything he ever wrote he learned from by going to the library sweet i don't get food there i How just do learned <laughs> i don't have to do anything i can just just go to the library write about it <laughs> yeah well the, the cool thing is what the era that he was writing in no one else ever went anywhere either yes so he could make, up anything <laughs> make he it wanted, up <laughs> and everyone believed it yeah right like everyone and every I could island full of cannibals i tell you <laughs> we could write about beetlejuice the planet uh, in that system, all we want because we're the only yep. two who have never been You've there. Been there. Right? Yep. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, you so still got to <laughs> well, That's true. Yeah. Bring it back around. <laughs> <laughs> all right, oh. folks. 
Well, that's awesome. uh, it's been awesome. Uh, before we leave, though, I, I want to come back around the horn here. Uh, November 8th, we've got Fire in the Mole. Uh, it's a uh, venture for MCC. Um, any anything else you want to throw out there as we're coming to a close? Uh, no, check out the adventure that's that's coming up. You'll you'll see it live. Uh, check us out at conventions. I I'll probably be running. I don't know if I'm running that or our next one at Total Con. If hopefully we'll see uh, Bill there too. Um, but yeah, we will. After that, you'll see another Fantastic Geographic and another Mutant Crawl Classics adventure pretty quick. Oh, so nice, awesome. Um, and that so, that other Mutant Crawl Classics that's the one you're talking about that has make like a little tie in from this one. Uh, no, that one. What is the working title of that one? This one is not that. Let me go to my folder and, and see if I can not lie. I think the working title is The uh, Jungle Excursion into the Lair of the Batman. <laughs> with, with Uncle Robinson, right? With Uncle Robinson. With Uncle, Rob- <laughs> Un- it's like Uncle Robinson's Jungle Excursion <laughs> into the Lair of Nemo's <laughs> Batman. Sweet. Oh, <laughs> man. I can't wait by, for either of those. By Clark I, Ashton I, Smith. <laughs> In French. <laughs> awesome well folks uh definitely uh search that down and uh the kickstarter there i i know it's going to be awesome i i fully full-heartedly approve all mcc adventures they're always a, a wonderful uh, time at the table so uh with that being said uh we are we're shutting it down on time for once in our entire whoa, whoa, podcasting whoa, whoa, whoa. careers here <laughs> Hey, so, uh, I, I was actually thinking that. Oh no, never mind. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to derail it with some convention talks. So we should probably move on. Let's, let's move on. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, folks. awesome. Thanks well, again uh, for coming on. This was great. Yeah, yeah thanks. thanks for yeah, it was awesome. This is fun. Great hearing about the new project. And it's great. They have to have you back. Old models. <laughs> oh, and where can every, where can everyone find you guys online? Obviously, yeah. Facebook, right? But um, yeah, Facebook, website, Twitter, Instagram, Drive Through RPG. Okay. Our classics. You can pick up uh, some copies of Fantastic Geographic One. I believe on Mud Puppy has some still available. Uh, and those, if 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 he has any, those are the last of the first oh, print that are out in the wild. Go get them now, or else. They are nice. Or else. Your second release, or not your second, your third release of that is that lining. Are you going to try to line that up with uh, Zine Quest, or is that just kind of whenever? I feel like Zine Quest, like, it, when is that? It feels like it changes all the time. Supposedly, it's back to February again. February it happens. I did it on Kickstarter. Bur- did, did so well, they'll launch another one in <laughs> August again. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if it happens that we align, we did it on purpose. And <laughs> if strategic. not, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So that we, I don't, I don't know. We kind of don't consider that. We, we play our production schedule by, by where we are. Smart. Uh, and, and we and we kind of adjust based on that so obviously i always like i'm like oh that we should have had this a month ago but it's worth waiting even this one we wanted to kickstart early but it's worth waiting to be pretty much done have all the things that we need and have all our ducks in a row before we go wise words awesome all right yep. folks happy gaming take care all have a good one everyone game on You've been listening to This Old Dungeon, copyright 2022. The views expressed by the hosts and guests are, well, hey, we're just a bunch of bullshitters, so you do the math. If you have any requests or any correspondence you'd like to send, send it to thisolddungeon at gmail.com. Have a wonderful day.